the three brothers who are going to be giving their testimonies and those of you who will be reading some scripture to go ahead and come forward. Uh, if you're reading scripture, you can sit down in one of the chairs here. If you are giving a testimony, I just want you to come up here. Bruce, would you come join us, please? And um, we're going to have a time of prayer, and uh, we're going to pray, pray with you guys, okay? Yeah. Surprise. <laughs> All right, let's pray. Our Holy Father, we come before you today with great joy in our hearts because of the mighty work that you do in our lives. All around us, we can see that you are with us. Uh, you powerfully answer our prayers. You constantly work things according to your will. You bring about all kinds of wonderful things, and we just marvel at you. We're amazed, and we give you glory and honor and praise for all that you have done. And right now, we want to thank you for these three brothers who uh, stand here uh, with us and uh, whom we will be hearing from today. Um, we cannot thank you enough for what you have done in their lives, for where you have brought them, and we cannot thank you enough for the fact that you've brought all our lives together, it's such an amazing thing and such a great and powerful act of love that you have brought all of us together in this church family. And uh, if it weren't for you, we wouldn't have uh, a common bond. If it weren't for you, we wouldn't be here. If it weren't for you, we wouldn't be the people that we are. and We wouldn't be the church that we are. And we ask you to continue to fill us with your spirit, Father. May your powerful presence ever be known in this place. And not only may everyone in this church realize that you are here and that you're working uh, in mighty ways, but we also pray that uh, the community around us will become more and more aware of your work in this church. And Father, we ask you to bless these men as they give their testimonies and to bless every person under the sound of my voice that they would give their testimony. Uh, maybe not here, maybe not on this stage, but that they would tell their story to anyone who would listen. May you give us the courage to tell our story. May you give us the desire to tell our story of what great things you have done in our lives so that wherever we go, whatever we do, anytime we get an audience, if it's one, if it's two, no matter how many people we have the chance, may we tell them what you have done in our lives. And it's in Jesus' name we pray, amen. All right, take your seat, guys. I was thinking in the Word of God about people whose lives were radically transformed. And one of my favorite stories is when the Bible says that Jesus went to the other side of the Sea of Galilee. The other side. There's a lot of meaning to that. 
The other side of the Sea of Galilee was an area that was called the Decapolis. In other words, ten cities. There were ten towns over there. But those particular ten towns were made up primarily of foreigners. People from a different culture. People from a different background. People from a different religion. People who were referred to uh, by the Jews as pagans. People that did not know the true God. They didn't worship the true God. And there were all kinds of awful, immoral, ungodly religious practices in some of those pagan religions so that a kosher Jew wouldn't ever even go over there. They certainly would not travel over there, and Jesus intentionally travels over there to that part of the country, and very quickly he finds a man who has been tormented by demons. He is demon-possessed. He lives in a cemetery. He frightens everybody who's around. He even had supernatural strength. There were times where the townspeople would get him and arrest him and chain him up, lock him up, and he would always break free. He could break chains. He was, at times it almost seemed like the Incredible Hulk or something like that, you know. And people just could not contain him. They couldn't control him. And they were terrified of this man. People wouldn't even go close to that place for fear of this guy. And yet Jesus comes face to face with him and Jesus drives the demons out of him. The Bible says that when Jesus finished with him, he was clothed. And the reason that's significant is because when he was terrorizing people in a demon-possessed state, he was naked. He ran around naked all the time. When Jesus got finished with him, Jesus put the clothes on him. He was clothed, and the Bible says he was in his right mind. He was in his right mind. Anyone who was demon-possessed is not in their right mind. They're under control of the enemy. But when Jesus finished with this man, all of those influences, all of that evil, all of that power was gone. It had left him completely. So naturally, this guy wants to follow Jesus everywhere he goes. And when Jesus gets ready to leave that area and go back home, he wants to go with him. Let me go with you. And Jesus said, no, here's what I want you to do. I want you to go back home. And I want you to tell everybody what great things the Lord has done for you. And that's what he did. That's exactly what he did. And so, sometime later, when Jesus went back to that area, many people became believers. Many people began to follow Jesus because they had heard the story. They had heard the testimony of this man's life and what great things God had done in his life. And today, we're going to get to hear 
some really great things that God has done in the lives of these our brothers. So we're going to hear some uh, songs and scripture reading. I can't keep up with all of this, to tell you the truth. And uh, then you're going to hear from these guys. All right. be reading Psalm 51 verse 10 and Ezekiel 36 verse 26. Psalm 51 verse 10 says, create in me a pure heart, O God, and renew a steadfast spirit within me. Ezekiel 36 verse 26 says, I will give you a new heart and put a new spirit in you. I will remove from you your heart of stone and give you a heart of flesh. did that. Sorry. Thrown off. Y'all go ahead and stand one more time. We're going to sing How Great Is Our God, and uh, then we'll hear our first testimony. The splendor of a king, clothed in majesty, let all the earth rejoice, let all the earth rejoice.
Romans 2.12. Do not be conformed to this world, but be transformed by the renewal of your mind, that by testing you may discern what is the will of God, what is good and acceptable and perfect. 1 Corinthians 6.11. And such were some of you, but you were washed, you were sanctified, you were justified in the name of the Lord Jesus Christ and by the Spirit of God. Hi, I'm Cruz. I'm a grateful believer in Jesus Christ, and I'd like to share my story with you. Um, please pray with me. Please pray with me. Dear Heavenly Father, I just um, ask you for a uh, Holy Spirit helper to um, help me with these words and um, get your point across and that you be glorified. In Jesus' name I pray. Well, um, I've always known that God, God was real and um, I was brought up Catholic. I knew, always knew God existed, but I just, um, I didn't understand anything about relationship with Jesus Christ. And um, so I found my identity first through sports and then um, through uh, music. Um, I started music at an early age um, and I started, I got really blessed with, um, uh, with um, talent and, um, and I, I um, chased the world and I played for my own glory. I didn't know any better and I just, um, I was, blessed to um, play with some really cool bands and um, go on tour and see a lot of things in places that um, I would never done with without music. Um, I, I lived a very fast lifestyle. I drove fast. I worked fast. I ate fast. I just rushed around all the time trying to get everything done. Um, um, on October 4th, 2013, God let me fall asleep behind the wheel, um, driving home from work, working all night, and um, seemed like a, just a really um, um, terrible thing to happen to me, and um, it was really the best thing to happen to me, because thank you, brother. Um, having a car crash. Do we have pictures? Okay, that's um, what I survived. Um, that's what they pulled me out of. They had to cut me out of it, and um, the car caught on fire too. They had to um, get me out. I fell asleep driving and um, going at highway speed, and just a mile uh, from the house, I was crashed um, at 183 and Carl Road. Like I said, it was the best thing that happened to me because I got off dope and I met Jesus, or I got reconciled with Jesus. I already knew Jesus, but I just ran from him my whole life, thinking there was something better that I could do by myself. I felt like God was like restricting me and I couldn't have fun, um, but that's, that's not true. Um, I remember convulsing in pain and um, just, I was at the end of my rope and um, I remember crying out to God, and um, and he came. I, I just cried out, Jesus Christ, and he came. He started early in my recovery. He would come to me in my dreams, and he gave me 
instructions and warnings. Um, he drew me closer to him and one scripture that um, um, I was um, with Terry, um, counseling with Terry, and there's another, that's after my first surgery. Um, I have, um, um, I know it's an ugly picture, um, but Terry, Terry um, had me read Philippians 4, 6, and that said, do not be anxious about anything, but in everything by prayer and supplication, with thanksgiving, let your request be made to God, and the peace of God, which will surpass all understanding, will guard your hearts and minds in Christ Jesus. And he had me read that every day, and, and after time, I saw these words come alive, and they come alive in my life. And so that's, I'm, I'm convinced that God is real, he's alive, and they call these um, living Bible. These are living words that come straight from God. Um, after my accident, I was on, or before my accident, I was on probation for felony drug possession. I was fe facing um, um, prison time because I couldn't stay clean from um, for probation. So um, I had to get signatures for probation to let them know that I was working on my um, sobriety, which I was not. I just faked everything that I could. That's what they say: fake it till you make it. I was not making anything, and um, and so after my wreck, I was just lonely. I was at home, and I didn't have very many visitors, and so my friend um, Connie, she invited me to celebrate recovery, which I needed the signatures anyway, and um, so I came here and um, fell in love with the program. God led me here um, to celebrate recovery and led me to this church, and um, my life has changed since then. Um, um, he gives me peace, and um, he showed celebrate recovery. Showed me how to um, um, give me tools to um, get over my past hurts and um, realize why I was acting out the way I was. Um, I would like to refer to Romans eight twenty eight, and we know that for those who love God. All things work together for good for those who are called according to his purpose. Also, Psalm 37, 4, delight yourself in the Lord, and he will give you the desires of your heart. He gives me the desire to um, to play my guitar and glorify him um, through my guitar and help lead worship. And um, this is the most exciting time in my life. And... Um, you know, I struggle with traumatic brain injury and a whole bunch of other issues. Um, I have peace beyond my understanding. And I just am so grateful for this church and for helping me um, get closer to God. I, I developed an incredible um, prayer life and a relationship with God. And thank you for letting me share. Please, please join us in singing the song that I have written, the Holy Spirit um, gave it to me, the song, it was comes out of a prayer, and thank you, Todd, for your um, incredible um, vocal arrangements. All right, we're going to sing this through twice. The first time, I just encourage you to kind of listen and just kind of take it in, uh, take the words in, and this is, these are words straight from Cruz's heart. 
this is what Cruz lives. And so he wanted to put it to music, and him and Todd have done a great job. So I encourage you to just listen. Then the second time, y'all can sing with us. Show me how to love you the way that you want me to.
beholding the glory of the Lord are being transformed into the same image from one degree of glory to another. For this comes from the Lord who is the Spirit. 2 Corinthians 5, 17. Therefore, if anyone is in Christ, he is a new creation. The old has passed away. Behold, the new has come. just want to pray real quick because I'm just a tad bit nervous. Dear Heavenly Father, I just ask that you be with me right now. Give me your peace. Give me the comfort that knowing the words that I'm about to speak will be helpful to someone here today. In your son Jesus' name I pray. Amen. Hello, I'm a grateful believer in Jesus Christ, and I'm in recovery from a heavy drug addiction, a very promiscuous lifestyle, and I struggle with pride, anger, codependency, procrastination, food addictions, and a host of other character defects, and my name is Charles. I was raised by my father, who was a drill sergeant, and not a figurative version of one, but an actual army drill sergeant. My family's nickname for him was Sergeant Slaughter. Along with my father, I was also raised by my aunt and my grandmother, who would take me to church with them at least three times a week. My childhood was very controlled, disciplined, and unpredictable. Where my father was very physically and emotionally abusive, my aunt and my grandmother would love on me and show the love of Christ when they could. 
Over the years, I started to turn inwardly, emotionally, and having low self-esteem because I couldn't see any way out. I got to the point to where I attempted to commit suicide so I could get away from it all. I chose to, so, so I could get away from it all, I chose to move away to, co to go to college. I didn't want anything more to do with my father nor God. I actually made a prayer to God that if he would allow me to go away and have what I thought at the time was a better life, that I would come back to the church later. This is where we would come to the story of the prodigal son, if I had more than five minutes. I'm sure you know the story, and if not, ask me later, or you can look it up at Luke 15, 11 through 32. I wanna say how God is such a good and faithful God that he allowed me to take my choice to follow the track of the world. Even though I did choose to walk away and not come back until 26 years later, I've learned how his grace has allowed me to be forgiven, that everything I've been looking for is in him. I do want to read this though, 2 Corinthians 12, nine through 10, and I probably should have printed it out instead of use these small words in the Bible, but let's go. But he said to me, my grace is sufficient for you, for my power is made perfect in weakness. Therefore, I will boast all the more gladly of my weaknesses, so that the power of Christ may rest upon me. For the sake of Christ, then, I am content with weaknesses, insults, hardships, persecutions, and calamities. For when I am weak, then I am strong. I have learned that in my weakness, I allow Satan to, to tempt me using my worldly wants and wishes. I allow myself to think that I was getting something better than what I was running away from. I had a hole in me due to the circumstances of sin being in the world and choices others have made before me. But I know that, the, that I have the choice to continue following the lies Satan has been telling me or I can continue to lean into God's love and believe his truth when he said in Matthew 11, 28 through 30, come to me all who labor and are heavy laden and I will give you rest. Take my yoke upon you and learn from me for I am gentle and low in heart, lowly in heart and you will find rest for your soul. For my yoke is easy and my burden is light. From this, I've actually um, realized that in my past, I've allowed the hardships, the, the things that cause me to want more in this world to let Satan take a hold of my heart, to create a way for him to just use me in a, a way that is not godly. But in going to CR and coming to the church, which 
has now been five years come Easter, I've actually realized that my love is in Christ, that my truth is in his words, and that through him I can do all things, and that I am loved because he loves me. Thank you for letting me share. Philippians 1.6, and I am sure of this, that he who began a good work in you will bring it to completion at the day of Jesus Christ. Filipenses 1.6, estoy seguro de que Dios que comenzó a hacer su buena obra en ustedes, la irá llevando a buen fin hasta el día en que Jesucristo regrese. And then verse 21, for to me, to live is Christ and to die is gain. Versículo 21, porque para mí seguir viviendo es Cristo y morir una ganancia. I'm going to be trying to time myself since I timed them also. But <clears throat> James 5.15 says, and the prayer offered in faith will make the sick person well. The Lord will raise them up. If they have sinned, they will be forgiven. Hello. I'm a believer who is in recovery from childhood sexual abuse, pornography, anger, and depression. My name is Mario. <coughs> that list I just mentioned are just the main ones. You've heard me say it's part of my introduction, and I guess I'll say it until I die. The more I work the Celebrate Recovery program, the more hurts hang-ups and habits I discover. And you know, that's not bad. What started me on a road to self-destruction was being molested and abused for three years from the ages of six to nine by a distant cousin who was 12 years older than me. This abuse left me feeling broken, worthless, and unloved. During and after the abuse, he, he always kept reminding me that I couldn't tell anybody, especially my parents, because they wouldn't believe me. He would continually remind me that he would tell my parents that it was my fault and I was to blame. As an adult, before Celebrate Recovery, the insanity of my life was I didn't have a life. I was living three lives. The one life that I had with my wife and children, the one that in the eyes of the world we were a perfect couple and family, while keeping hidden all the anger and disagreements and hiding the flaws of my family and mine from everybody. Nine times out of 10, I was fighting with my wife and kids up until just before we got to church every Sunday because we were late or any other reason. The second life I was living was where I struggled and pushed for perfection in the eyes of my church family and the desire to be seen as a perfect Christian leader, one that was flawless and always there to help everybody. I guess I was best at disguising all my shortcomings as a leader in the church. I enjoyed the praise I got for my perfect family. I also had a lot of guilt because I knew it was not true. And that was eating me alive because of the lie I was living. My third life, the one that had consumed me and left me helpless and useless for the Lord, was the one I kept secret from everybody. The one that sent me to the deepest, darkest, and most sinful parts of my life. The one that led me to do things I abhorred. 
things I found so sinful that in another time I was sure I knew I would never do. But life had finally brought me to my knees and finally back to God. My addiction to porn was such that I couldn't be without it. My addiction to porn was, I assume, as bad or worse than a chemical addiction. I was so hooked on porn that I hated what I was doing, yet I, uh, doing, yet I couldn't be without it. I was disgusted at myself and my life. If my conviction towards suicide had not been so ingrained as they were, that option had come to my mind many times. I thought many times that the end of my life might be the easiest way out, not only for me, but for all those around me as well. One less loser to deal with. It wasn't until I was able to in internalize and appropriate Romans 5.5 5 that says, and hope does not put us to shame because God's love has been poured out into our hearts throughout the Holy Spirit who has been given to us. Once I accepted that I saw the value, once I accepted that, I saw the value that God had in me. The circumstances that others can relate to in my life are as difficult and hopeless as life may seem at the moment. The Lord has a plan for every life. He has a desire for my happiness. He has a desire to use even me for his honor, his glory, and his future kingdom. One of the things that was hardest for me to comprehend was how could God use me who was so broken and sinful? Not until I made Psalms 103.12 a verse to live by was I able to start believing his forgiveness of me. And the psalm says, as far as the east is from the west, so far has he removed our transgressions from us. Thank you for letting me share. I hope as you listened, uh, you realized that the stories that you've heard uh, could be our story. And uh, we all have moments in our lives where we have been overcome with darkness, uh, where sin has taken control, and we've been away from God. And thankfully, in the lives of many of us, God has intervened, God has shown his love, his grace, his mercy, God has given us the help and the strength and the hope that we need, and God has changed more lives than you could possibly imagine. And sometimes whenever you think things are really bad or you think uh, you're in a hopeless or difficult situation, I just encourage you to Remember these stories. Listen to other people's stories. Share your stories with each other. Anytime God delivers you, anytime he uh, comes to your rescue, anytime he answers a prayer, anytime God moves in your life, anytime he shines light in your darkness, please be sure and share that with one another. These are very faith-building, they're very encouraging, and they remind us that God is with us, He is very active, He's very powerful, and He can do great things. So, praise team, uh, we're going to ask them to sing one more song, and uh, during that song, 
Um, if anybody here uh, is in a tough place, a difficult situation, if uh, you need help in your journey, in your story, and you want God to work in you and help you and uh, open up and invite him in to move in your life to change you, uh, we would just invite you to, to step forward uh, while we uh, stand and sing this song.